Welcome to Ask ALP, new podcast that features interviews with prominent lawyers and thought leaders. We will discuss legal trends, create usable takeaways to tackle present legal issues, and hear inspiring stories from senior lawyers. My name is Marian from Asian Legal Business. We are very excited to do the show, and we hope you enjoy and find useful for your work. Please know that the content of this podcast is not to be taken as professional advice, but just general guideposts. This week's episode will focus on enhancing corporate governance practices for Hong Kong listed companies. And our guest today is Zani Khan, the Chief Counsel, Overseas Kum Joint Company Secretary of Pinyin Group, a company listed on both Hong Kong and Shanghai stock exchanges. Before joining Pinyin Group, Danny was counsel at Linklater's, specializing in corporate and securities law with a focus in the telecommunications, media, and technology sector. He has advised some of the most high-profile, complex, and award-winning transactions in Asia. Danny, welcome to the show. It's great to have you here. How are you doing? Very well. Thank you for having me. All right. So it's always good to start from the very beginning. So tell us more about yourself, your roots and your professional history, how it all began. Before moving in-house, I was in private practice for over a decade, advising on IPOs, M&As, corporate compliance, and financial regulations. I'm currently a member of the Company Law Committee of the Law Society of Hong Kong, driving the development of corporate and securities laws in the region. Before starting off as a lawyer, I was trained in finance and software engineering. This really fascinating, but you know, what made you dive into law? I know it's a very cliche question, but then again, software engineering, um, finance, then law. It's quite a unique combination of expertise. Law, software engineering, and finance all require strong analytical skills, and they're equally intellectually challenging. But at one point, I started to realize that I enjoy talking to humans more, more so than talking to computers in the programming language or talking to Excels with numbers. So that's why I dived into law ultimately, and I'm still enjoying it. Mm, that's quite interesting. So as Ping An Group's chief counsel overseas and joint company secretary, what are some of your key roles and responsibilities? Ping An Group is an A plus H share company. I work on Ping'an Group's legal and compliance issues arising outside of mainland China and support our board office in its H share compliance efforts. This means working with business teams to ensure compliance with Hong Kong listing rules and Hong Kong takeovers code, navigating novel and complex financial regulatory issues while upholding the highest standards of corporate governance. I see. Okay. So what are some post-listing continuing obligations which Hong Kong listed companies should take note of? Well, first, Hong Kong has the most well-established, or some might put it, the most complex connected transaction rules in the world. For large companies, it's very important to map out the list of connected persons and have in place a mechanism to refresh that list with reference to the latest regulations. For dual-listed companies such as Ping An Group, we'll need to ensure ongoing compliance efforts of connected transaction rules in both Hong Kong and Shanghai at the same time. Second, 
Disclosure Obligations for Material Transactions and Price-Sensitive Information Listed companies should have measures in place to ensure material transactions are reported to the legal and compliance folks promptly and set out the triggers where an inside information announcement needs to be made. Third, ESG is a hot topic right now and companies should allocate sufficient resources for ESG reporting. So speaking of ESG, do you think uh, listed companies that identify and address ESG risks and opportunities are more likely to outperform those that do not? Investors these days are increasingly assessing companies holistically. This means their long-term sustainability and societal impact are often taken into account in valuation, and therefore ESG must not be overlooked. Companies that are able to identify and address ESG risks and opportunities are more likely, in my opinion, to outperform their peers that don't because they are better equipped to tackle the impact from adverse events. ESG practices can help companies become more resilient by getting them ready for the impact of emerging issues and helping them maintain robust governance, risk management, and controls. So taking cue from Pinyan Group's success, could you share with the audience some of the best practices in corporate governance which boards and directors should consider following based on your experiences? Governance framework and governance documentation are critical. An effective governance framework means there's clear delineation of responsibilities among different departments and ensures accountability to different stakeholders of a company. This is not only a legal and compliance issue, but it drives the overall sustainable business practice as well. The governance documentation, which includes policies and guidelines, must be refreshed from time to time to reflect the latest laws and regulations. Very often, a company's policies and guidelines are obsolete and they fail to catch up with the latest market development. Yet, having a sound governance framework and governance documentation is just the first step. The board should devise effective measures to ensure that these policies and guidelines are communicated effectively within the company and that they're fully implemented. This could often be done by utilizing technology these days. So are there any tips which you would like to share with companies planning or already listed with regards to setting the gold standards for corporate governance? Speaking of technology just now, I think technology plays a major role in the evolution of what constitutes good corporate governance these days. Directors, and senior management should be conversant in technology. Using technology wisely would facilitate effective communication within the company and with shareholders. This would increase transparency and efficiency for board reporting. At the same time, to uphold best corporate governance practices, we should be mindful of the cybersecurity risks associated with the use of tech, such as the policy on dealing with data breaches, and how robust your personal data protection measures are to avoid violating data laws and regulations. As a closing for today's show, any advice to cancel who are also handling dual listed companies? 
Compliance with two sets of listing rules is the ultimate goal, but there are bound to be differences in different sets of rules. So to reconcile these differences, we should try to understand not only the black letter rules of different stock exchanges, but also the spirit of each set of rules. Thanks, Danny, for sharing your thoughts and insights for today's show. Um, it was really great having this discussion with you, and we do hope that you can join us for future episodes. Uh, where can our listeners find you if they are, you know, if they have any questions pertaining to issues that we spoke about today? You can always catch me on LinkedIn, and I'm on LinkedIn using my real name, and I don't have any pseudonym. With that, we have come to the end of today's episode of Ask ALV. Thank you everyone for joining us today. Remember, Ask LB can be streamed on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. We'll catch you in the next episode.